0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar Football 2019. What one national writer thinks will go down with Zach Wilson and Brigham. The Toronto Raptors winning
1: the NBA title was improbable. What was the most improbable season
0: in BYU football history? Plus, what are the six must-win games for BYU
2: football? BYUSN begins now. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jeremy Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU
0: Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome in. It is a Friday. The juices are flowing, June 14th. I'm Jeremy Jordan. Spencer Linton is on hole two of the Dixie Cup Golf Tournament. So I'm teamed up with a man who is just fine with a Canadian team winning the NBA championship, Jason Shepard. Yeah, like normally I'm like all about it's
1: USA, USA. But in this scenario, I was pulling for the Raptors. So I'm very happy. It was was a fun. It was. It was a great series. I mean, certainly you deal with the injuries and nobody ever wants to see that kind of stuff. But in terms of an entertainment value, NBA finals were fantastic.
0: Yeah, there were some really good games. The road team won five of the six. Which is nuts. The last five. Uh, The whole Toronto and Canada thing is pretty cool, which brings me to this. There's one man particularly juiced about the context of a championship in Canada from a Canadian team, of course. In fact, he sent us this video on vacation.
3: Well, thanks, guys. Aloha and hello, Cougar Nation. Uh, Greg Grubel here, and uh, I'm this week on vacation, but when Jerem Jordan texts you on a Thursday night saying, we'd love to have you on the show Friday morning... I'm also on assignment. So uh, here I am uh, checking in, uh, weighing in on the Raptors win in the NBA Finals. And yeah, it's a big deal, not just for Toronto, not just for Ontario, but for really all of Canada. It's been a long time since Canada had a champion in one of the major pro sports. You go back to 1993. That was a good year. Uh, Montreal uh, won the Stanley Cup and uh, Toronto won the World Series. Since then, Canada's been uh, pretty much shut out of of, of big championship uh, titles. And so uh, the Raptors win is, is pretty massive. My brother lives in Toronto. Little brother texted me last night saying that uh, people there love this team. And the love was in all caps. It is a big deal for them. He said in his neighborhood, uh, lots of horns honking, fireworks, thousands mobbing the downtown core. Jason also told me, my little brother Jason, that uh, uh, there were 59 uh, Jurassic Park fan outposts that sprang up. Not just in Toronto and not just in Ontario, but really uh, coast to coast across all of Canada. So uh, the wind was big for the city, but also a pretty nationally galvanizing thing as well. So good times and uh, good for Canada. So uh, that is the good word. And, and maybe it's coincidental, maybe not, that uh, this week I'm on the island of Kauai. So it was a good week for Kauai Leonard, and it's a good week to be in uh, Kauai uh, in Hawaii. So here I am, Greg Rubel reporting from Hawaii for BYU Sports Nation. Aloha.
0: Aloha.
1: Great stuff yes. from Greg Rebel. And now that the cat's out of the bag, yes, I am Greg's little. <laughs>
0: <laughs> little being the operative. What? No. Uh, great stuff. We appreciate Greg taking a minute. That's on, cool, uh, though, on when,
1: when, when a win in a city represents a country. That's, that's
0: pretty cool. It's very unique. You don't get that with any other city. Like when the New England Patriots won post 9-11, Bob Kraft said, we are all Patriots. To which it was like. Yes, but you're the New England Patriot. Yeah, anyway. Here's what's on the show rundown today. The Sporting News college football writer Bill Bender returns to the program. He's got to justify his stance on why Kalani Satake is 85th on his best FBS coaches (laughs) list, right? With the Father's Day coming up Sunday, uh, happy Father's Day to everybody uh, before. Sometimes I like to text my friends the day before their birthday say, hey, happy birthday first. right? Oh, you uh, to so be happy Father's guy. Day to everybody um, on Sunday. Who's the greatest uh, BYU Sports father-son duo? Plus, Mark Durant dressed up like a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> but first, today's headlines. Rich Sermonello, director of college football awards with the Maxwell Football Club, names James Empey as a potential breakout offensive lineman star of 2019. Last year, Empey, a Football Writers Association, Freshman All-American. MP started all 13 games, and according to Pro, Football Focus was the number one freshman center in the country.
1: Team USA men's volleyball. They are currently up two to nothing over Argentina after winning the first two sets 25-22 and then set number two 25-19. Former Cougars Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois are all available for play. Ben Patch was USA's leading scorer in each of their last three VL matches with 24 versus Italy, 13 versus Russia, and 20 versus Portugal
0: is at the U.S. Open. Honorary Cougar, uh, Tony Finau, currently one under through two today. Tied for 71st at two over. Zach Blair, currently on the first hole. He's tied for 154th, currently 12 over. Hoping to have a good day. And Mike tees off this afternoon.
1: Former Cougars Colton Shaver and Jacob Brugman both went one for four with a double for their respective teams in the minor leagues. Daniel Schneeman went two for three with a double and a run scored in a 4-2 to two Lake County Captains win over the Great
0: Lakes Loons. I always think of Mr. Schneebly from School of Rock when I hear <laughs> Daniel Schneeman. Yeah. Let's get it. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking
2: about it and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: The Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions after beating the Golden State Warriors last night in Oakland in the finacle, final game in Oracle, or Finacle. It was an improbable run to the title that included a first-year head coach in Nick Nurse, what might become a rental in Kawhi Leonard, and a buzzer-beating Game 7 bouncer just to get to the finals that ends up ending the Warriors dynasty. So Jason, what's the most improbable season in BYU history? This one,
1: actually, as soon as the we, we thought of this question, there, there was one year immediately that popped into my head. And maybe because in today's college football landscape, it just seems so crazy. I went with 1984, mm. the year BYU won the national championship. Just the fact that the Cougars were able to win a national championship was improbable. The system, as I mentioned... Was completely different then as what it is now. BYU went undefeated, 13 and 0, which is hard to do in any era, even today.
0: Impossible with these
1: schedules. Yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> but I'm talking about for anybody. Yes. I mean, even SEC teams rarely go undefeated. It's just a very difficult thing to go undefeated in college football. You also have the fact that BYU, and back in that day, you were always replacing. You know, a guy that was like, "Oh, this is it, it. Can't get any better than this." You're replacing Steve Young. Robbie Bosco takes over. So. The whole 1984 thing, looking back on it,
0: seems improbable. That's the one that came to me. It, it can't happen today. A non-Power 5 team cannot win the national title. It just would not happen. That's a great one. I go to 1996. Let's set the stage. In 95, BYU went 7-4, and didn't make a bowl game for the first time in 17 years with a J.C. quarterback by the name of Steve Sarkeesian. What was in store for 96? So that group in 94 was really good. 10-3 and beat Oklahoma and Notre Dame. So that's those seniors they were sophomores in 94 in 96 they go and play a potential 15 games they start the season with a huge victory at home against top 15 Texas A&M they end up losing at Washington but that's the only blemish I mean they they beat Utah by 20 they run for over 300 yards of course the whack title game in overtime with Ethan Pochman and BYU ranked fifth in the country. Uh, does not get into the Alliance Bowls, but they go to a Cotton Bowl, which is still the only New Year's Day Bowl that BYU's ever played in. And BYU with its fantastic defense, Shane Rubrick had seven sacks in that game. And Sarkeesian and Brian McK- uh, McKenzie and Ronnie Jenkins and Chad Lewis and Atula Mealy and Kaipa McGuire and K.O.K. Aluhi and Ben Kuhn, all these guys. That team was so awesome, they win a New Year's Day bowl game. It was improbable given that the year before they didn't even go to a game, a bowl game, and then they go to a uh, what we would designate today as a New Year's 6 game and go 14-1. It took 30 years for another team to win 14 games in a year, it was Ohio State. Improbable. The interesting thing to me about that 96 team, people talk about the 96
1: team and they talk about how good it was. I still don't know if they get their – just rewards on how good that team was.
0: Just because they didn't win every game doesn't mean they're not necessarily the best team. Yeah. In fact, Spencer and I, I think, both believe that the 83 team is actually the best team in BYU football. Yeah,
1: and I've heard you guys... They lost
0: one game by four. It was the opener. They won all those games. 84, you won all those games. 85, you won the season opener. You won 25 in a row. And
1: I still maintain to this day that Steve Sarkeesian is the most underrated BYU quarterback ever.
0: That's a he good one. Was I like that.
1: fantastic. Now on to topic two. Staying with last night's Raptors win, Toronto won the title in six games. Just crazy to think they won three games at Oracle on that floor. But they won the title in six games because everything we do has to tie into BYU somehow, right? What are these six must-win games for BYU football this season?
0: Utah is, uh oh, you got to win it. The fan base is itching. Uh, the coaches, the players are itching uh, for this to be a win. Yet Utah, to me, is the best team on the schedule. So it makes no sense, logical sense. But that's why we uh, compete in athletics, right? It's fun to think you can do something that would seem somewhat uh, uh, tough to accomplish. So I put Utah in there. Obviously, UMass, Liberty, Idaho State, those are the three easiest games on the schedule. So those four, I would throw in Utah State. As a fifth, uh, Utah State's won three out of the last five, two in a row. I I think you have to win that one. And then throw in uh, another one. I think one of the first four would be nice, Tennessee or USC, so that you're at least two and two. You don't come out one and three and kind of down, right, in the first four. So perhaps there's my six. Uh, I, I, like you, right out of the gate, go with Utah, which,
1: by the way, happens in how many days? Countdown to the Utes.
0: 76. Gordon Gravel, number 76. Now, did you know that a BYU alum, Gordon Gravel, helped protect Terry Bradshaw for two of those championships? I did not know that. I, I did not know that. Gordon Gravel, number 76. Very second cool. team All-American. 76 days away from the game against Utah. And for me,
1: that's a must win. And yes, it's because it's, it's Utah, but that's not the only reason why. For me, that's a must win. It's the first game of the year, and you're at home, with everything that's on the table in the month of September and, you know, this first couple of weeks, I, you, I just think BYU has to win that first game. It just happens to be Utah, which ups the ante and makes it even more, uh, there's more drama around it. And I still believe BYU should win that game.
0: Ooh, should? It? Let's debate later. Uh, yeah, that's, but anyway. I don't believe it should. So
1: now I agree with you, the final four games, Liberty, Ohio, uh, Idaho State, UMass, San Diego State, That's that's five games. Initially, I had written down Utah State as the other one, like you said, Utah State.
0: Yeah, because for sure. It,
1: it, like, look, we're in the like everybody loves the Marvel movies, and like oh, well, not everybody. Well, but I'm just saying, based off of the billions of dollars they made, yeah. most people seem yeah. to like them. Everybody's into like the multiverse and things like that. Yeah, multiverse. In no multiverse yeah. should be what you ever lose three in a row to Utah State. Well, there's a multiverse <laughs> where they do. Okay, but what and it's the one we live in. But here's my point. As, as much as I firmly believe that, I decided not to make them one of my six must win. Why not? I decided to go with Boise State because it is at home. So you'd be okay. You, you, now, I'm like, not saying I'm okay with losing yes. to Utah State, L- L- but I'm saying you have to, when you have these rivalry games at home, yes. you have to win them at home. Boise State's at home, therefore, that's why I put Boise State on that. You already stunk against the rivals the last three years. It I just, know, it just.
0: Uh, you have to take advantage of
1: having these guys in Provo. You have to. One That's why I did, went with Boise State versus Utah State. 1-8 and risked the rivals. I know. Last three years.
0: I know. 1-8. <laughs> and eight. Get out of here. Topic three. It's Father's Day on Sunday, as mentioned. Uh, there have been some great father-son duos in BYU sports history. I dare say... BYU is uh, not not completely unique, but I think more father-sons attend this university than, say, others, it feels like. It feels that way. Perhaps I'm pretty jaded because I'm working. Uh, what duo is the best in BYU sports history? The fun part about this is there's a lot, yes. to your point,
1: to choose from right out, right out of the gate. And it's not because you just had Tyler Haas on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I went with the Haas family. I mean, and it's it's father's sons, so it's mm-hmm. more than a duo. Yeah. It's the trio. Oh yeah, uh, with the Haas family, Marty obviously first team All WAC. Oh, I almost said WCC. All WAC is a senior, led the team in scoring his senior season. Tyler obviously BYU's all time leading scorer. TJ, one of the best high school players ever from the state of Utah, I was a first team All WCC player as a freshman. Second team also. Like you just should have been
0: a first team. Should have been a first team. He's last a BYU year, and first team without
1: question. We're doing.
2: A- our own first team next year.
1: I, I, I went. I went with the uh, with the Haas family, which, by the way, brings us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The Haas
1: family has played for a combined total of 363 games and counting. By the way, because obviously TJ still has his senior season coming up. They're gonna Marty Haas played for 123 games at BYU, which, by the way, at the time was a record. At BYU, Tyler Haas played 139 and TJ so
0: far at 101. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I go with the Kafusis. Steve Kafusi, tremendous defensive lineman here, played for a couple of years in the NFL with the Eagles of note. Obviously, Bronson Kafusi now with the Jets. He's one of the best defensive linemen that have ever come through here. Corbin Kafusi, you could argue, perhaps is the best uh, kick blocker. In BYU history on special teams, obviously a good defensive lineman as well. He's with the Saints. That family is incredible. And, and if you venture into the daughters, Alexis played here as well yep. in basketball, which is awesome. Others of note, the Reynolds. So Lance Sr. was a coach here forever. He was a good offensive lineman uh, with Gary Shady and Gifford Nielsen back in the uh, 70s. Four sons, starters here, like the whole time. Dallas, Matt, Houston, Lance Jr. The Halls. Kalen, good running back. Jaron, of course, KJ. Uh, the Reeds. Roger was the coach. Randy and Robbie. Robbie ended up transferring to Michigan, but still a Coug. The Nixons. Kevin and Dalton. Uh, Vance and Adam Law. If Vern Law had played at BYU, I think the answer to this question would be Vern and Vance. Because Vern was a Cy Young winner in 1960, and Vance was a 1988 All-Star. Like, top You're probably right. They probably but jumped to the top Vern of the list. Vern didn't play here, right? Um, the Collies? Scott? With Zach, Austin, Dylan, and uh, non-sports one, Jeffrey and Matthew Holland. Jeffrey was the president. Yep. Elder, Jeffrey yes. R. Holland, yes. president. And then Matthew uh, was my uh, teacher for American Heritage. And then he became the Utah Valley uh, president. Now he's a mission president in Raleigh, North Carolina.
1: Did I ever tell you that uh, when, we, uh, is actually when we were heading back to Notre Dame a couple years ago, uh, and we stopped at Wrigley Field to go on a tour of Wrigley, and the guy that's giving the tour looked just like Jeffrey R. Holland. Oh, nice. Looked
0: just like did him. Did speak like him? He did not speak oh, just okay. like him. So it wasn't as It was aging. not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Our question of the day, what's the greatest sports moment you've shared with your dad? We're, 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 uh, we're touching the human emotion here, the humanity.
2: Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weighing on the
0: Twitter, the Facebook, and the Graham at B-Royal Blue Cougar on Twitter. That's an easy one. My dad and I were front row at the BYU-Arizona 2016 game to see Kalani Satake's first BYU win. A note, by the way, huge BYU crowd. The juice was flowing there at the University (laughs) of Phoenix Stadium. The trip, the game, uh, the fun was amazing. And the last-second win sitting a couple of rows in front of Jake Oldroyd's mother was pretty awesome, too. At uh, Kyle Idaho on Twitter. That's his real last name. I am Kyle I, I, Idaho. I, I don't. I don't know. I called my dad from the South End Zone right after Mitchell Jurgens got the Hail Mary from Tanner <laughs> and Kainakua got his pick six against Boise. How did you hear anything? How did you hear anything? That was an incredible moment. Continued, Wayne. We're gonna uh, hit up some of those great memories uh, that you've had with your dad in BYU sports history.
1: Coming up, yes or no? Yes, we play the game called Yes or No.
0: Correct. But next, Bill Bender of the Sporting News defends his position on Kalani Satake as the 85th best coach in
2: FBS. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us
1: next week, Tuesday, June 18th, for BYU Football Media Day. BYU TV and BYU Radio will have complete coverage featuring the state of the program, a look at BYU's impact on college football as the game celebrates its 150th year, plus a two-hour BYU Sports Nation. Lots going on.
0: Absolutely. Welcome back. Now joining us is Bill Bender, Sporting News National College football writer on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Bill, uh, obviously the elephant in the room, the reason we're bringing you on other than chatting with you uh, about college football is you've produced a list uh, of the top 130 FBS coaches. I imagine it took you a minute to figure out that list.
4: Yeah, it's uh, a labor we do every year. I think I come on and talk to you guys each year about it. It's not easy to rank 130 FBS coaches. It is, it's, it's not even easy to do number one anymore because – Whereas it was Nick Saban as a default setting, now we're in a situation where Dabo's won two of the last three. And um, I don't know. Did I get it right? I'll leave that to you guys.
0: Yeah, that's, that's uh, up for debate, right, given the way Clemson and Alabama have fared the last couple of years. Pretty interesting. And Kalani Satake, <laughs> BYU head coach, comes in at number 85. What went into placing Kalani Satake as the 85th best coach in FBS?
4: Well, obviously, not much movement from last year. It's, I think the exact same spot we had them. Um, you know, they did take a step in the right direction, 7-6, and six, winning the bowl game. You asked what we put into this. It's a little bit of everything. I look at overall record. I look at record at the school. I look at three-year record, which obviously here we're at 20-19. and And then the hard part to do is, Power five versus group of five versus independent. Program expectations at a place like Duke versus a place like Michigan. Um, BYU is in that tough spot as an independent as well because they're hard, it's hard to gauge them against everybody else because I don't consider them a group of five program. And I, I tend to treat them as a power five program at this point.
1: Well, and and you mentioned some of those – some things are just kind of unknown and and there's a lot of different things that you you look at. But I've got to imagine it is pretty difficult because there are so many unknowns about all of these coaches.
4: Oh, absolutely. Again, I think the hardest part is taking a coach like Pat Fitzgerald who took Northwestern to the Big Ten Championship, but it was a 5 loss team. And then you look at what he's done there, everything's great, versus – Let's say Gus Malzon. I, I always, I think I tell you guys this every year. Gus Malzon's is the hardest coach on this list to rank because he has won an SEC championship. He has played or led Auburn to a BCS championship game, but he's also lost five or more games in six seasons. So you're asking me to kind of balance that in with the SEC coaches. It's, it's tough. I, I agonize over this list. Uh, I'm glad when it's over, and I turn my notifications off because I know everybody's going to disagree with it anyway.
1: That's what I wanted to ask. I'm really curious, and I guess if you turn your notifications off, you're not you're not getting them. What kind of pushback do you get? Because anytime you do a list, regardless of how much time and effort goes into it, you're putting your opinion out there, and there's going to be people that just don't like it. What kind of pushback do you get from something like this?
4: Well, I, I never block people or mute people on Twitter. Oh, I just it's great, don't.
1: Bill. You need to try it. It's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
4: I've never done that. Like somebody, because I just, you know, they're going to say what they're going to say about my articles or my opinions or my dad life, whatever. Um, but I, I, I do get a lot of pushback. It's always, but I never understood the move where somebody agrees with one or two things and then the entire list is garbage. So, I I don't know, um, but I do get a lot of pushback from the SEC crowd, the ACC crowd, especially this year because as you guys notice, after Dabo, the rest of the ACC is really hard to rank.
0: And there's uh, Bronco Menninghall in there. We keep tabs on him with Virginia. They're growing and whatnot. But yeah, that would that's the unenviable task, right? Is rating all 130 coaches. Talking to Bill Bender of the Sporting News, Kalani Take going into its fourth season. First season went nine and four four and nine, and then this last season, seven and six. So how would you evaluate and describe what Kalani Satake has done in his three seasons at BYU?
4: Well, I think, again, you know, getting back to the bowl game, and and there are I could lie to you and say um, I watch every bowl game. I did watch all of BYU's bowl game last year because it involved the MAC team as well. Wilson played a great game, and I think winning that bowl game, having a winning season – It's something to build on because I know when I talked to you guys last year, the temperature was a little bit different there. I think you can continue to grow around Wilson. Um, You know, there's obviously questions about the offense, the running game, who's going to be that guy. Um, I like that the defense has three guys back in the secondary. I'm always big on good secondary. So I think you continue to build on that. And as I talk about with you guys every year, trick with BYU is it's a program that has to be at the top of its game in September. Because that's when all the Power 5 hammers are.
1: Well, and we obviously spend a lot of time talking about the schedule. When you when you look at just the first month, the, what you referenced in September, who do you think is the best team on BYU's schedule this entire season? I mean, I would assume most people are going to focus on that first month. Who do you think is the best team on BYU's schedule?
4: Washington, for sure. I, I think Washington with Ethan, um, the defending Pac-12 champion, a team that has built something with Chris Peterson that – it's kind of an enhanced model of what he had at Boise. But, you know, the point I'm making about that schedule is i was looking at it before it came on today. And when you go through October, so September and October, and the only teams on your schedule that didn't make a bowl game are USC and Tennessee, that <laughs> tells you something. I mean, because most, most people would look at those games as the toughest games on the schedule based on the brand name value, I guess.
0: One of my annoying agenda items uh, on this program is that the schedule is too hard, Bill. I just think it's too difficult if BYU wants to make a splash, uh, not for a week, but for a season. I just think it's too hard. Um, I think it's probably two games too hard. What, what do you think about it?
4: Well, yeah, I agree. I think it is too hard because I, on one end, and I remember talking to Bronco Mendenhall about this when he was the coach at BYU, he, he always referenced a magic wand and how many power five teams do we have to play in. Sometimes it can be too many because uh, if you want to do an independent comparison, I'd have to break down the numbers, but I would argue that this schedule's right up there, if not more difficult than Notre Dame. The Notre Dame fans aren't going to want to hear that. But I I would say Notre Dame, though, they do have tougher games at Georgia, Michigan, and Stanford this year. So theirs might be a little tougher. Uh, Army, though. Let's talk about Army, a team that's won 21 games the last two years. They have the one big game at Michigan. So, is that the model you guys want to take, where you play the one big game, maybe win that, maybe win ten or eleven? Because Army is getting a lot of attention right now; they might be ranked to start of the season.
0: Yeah, I I think it's somewhere in the middle. What BYU is doing and what Army is doing uh, in that. BYU still needs to sell tickets. They still need to appease ESPN and not say no too often to the games that ESPN is saying, hey, do you want to play this? Do you want to play this? Yeah, there's probably a middle ground because I don't think you can win fewer than 10 games as a non-Power 5 team and make a seasonal splash. What do you think of that?
4: I agree. I think 10 is the minimum. So, I mean, just to make the, the point about Army, if they lose to Michigan, we'll all forget about them. They'll probably go 10-2, and two, maybe 9-3, and three, but they won't get into a New Year's Day six pool like that. If BYU somehow won 10 games against the schedule they're playing this year, and again, it's not just the Power Five teams. You're playing upper-class group of five schools. South Florida is an upper-class team with uh, Charlie Strong. Boise, we know, you guys know how good they are. We've seen it for years. Utah State has a coaching transition, but they'll still be tough. I mean, that is – there's not a lot of weeks off for the Cougars this year.
1: Well, with that being said, then, when you look at this schedule and how difficult it is to start the year and you take into account the, the players that are coming back and you have Zach Wilson hopefully 100% healthy, what do you think is is a realistic win total for this team this upcoming season?
4: I think you got to shoot to get to eight and, and where whatever you can get from that would be great. I remember playing this game with you guys last year of, which one of those four would they beat? And I think I said if, if BYU went 2-2 two and two against those first four teams, that they'd be in business, and then they ran into some hiccups along the way against the Northern Illinois and Boise. Um, so if you could go through Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington and win two somehow, and then you get into the rest of the schedule and get to eight or nine, I think that's a successful season. If you win the bull game on top of it and you get to the 10th win, You build that kind of momentum like Army did this year. And, And you know what? A lot of that momentum with Army was based on the 70. They hung on Houston in the bowl game.
0: Absolutely, and the fact that they what, went OT or it was close with Oklahoma was pretty good as well. Talking to Bill Bender of the Sporting News, Zach Wilson, you mentioned to watched the entire famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Uh, Zach Wilson, 18 for 18, uh, I think 321, four touchdowns. He was fantastic. Left BYU fans very excited about the sophomore-to-be quarterback going into 2019. What do you expect from the uh, sophomore signal caller?
4: No, the the biggest reason I stuck with that game is I was waiting for him to incomplete a pass. And I, it was like one of kind of like yeah, like it was like a no hitter. You're like, is he gonna miss? Um my son and I I do remember watching it and, and part of it was yeah, I, I think my mom was here, so I was trying to avoid her a little bit. But no, don't suffer <laughs> that. Um, mother in the, wait, uh, mom
0: or mother in law?
4: No, my mom, my mom was. I think my mom stopped by, and I was like, "I'm really, I really got to get into this BYU game, Mom." No, I, I'm good, <laughs> of course, but um, uh, no, I, I do love my mother, and uh, they, I, I think with Wilson, as you guys know, I mean, this is a, I guess this is a lazy thing to say, but BYU is a program that that runs on that elite quarterback, and if if Wilson can de- develop into an elite quarterback, passing the football. Yeah, they're going to be something to contend with. I mentioned the running game, and it looks like there was a little bit of a committee last year. You you got Katoa. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry last year. That's pretty good. And he's got good targets around him. I think this could be a potent offense.
1: Bill, uh, let's let's wrap things up with this. Uh, Our question of the day today is, what's the greatest sports moment you've shared with your dad? What's if you were to look back on maybe sports moments you share with your dad or as a dad now with your own kids? Is there anything that comes to mind in terms of a sports moment sharing either with your dad or as a dad with your kids?
4: Oh, I, I got a good one. I, and, you know, my dad, I came up with my dad and loved sports because of him, and I wouldn't want to disrespect him because, I mean, this is why I do the job that I do. But having my own son and, uh, You know, I'm a huge Packers fan, so when they beat Dallas a couple years in the playoffs and Dallas ruined my childhood with all those Emmitt Smith teams, uh, to see my son so happy about a Green Bay playoff win um, against the Dallas Cowboys was pretty cool for me, and um, you know, I, I didn't have that moment in high school. Again, I still have nightmares about Emmitt Smith sometimes. (laughs)
0: no doubt there were a lot of teams in that uh in that category well bill we appreciate uh the time uh it's our yearly chat in the summer and we look forward to uh 2020s chat
4: yeah let's do it again and uh maybe get one in in the season you guys are great thanks so much for having me on thanks bill thank you that was Bill
0: Bender on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He had to wait to see if Zach Wilson would throw an incompletion. That's hey, great.
1: Look, you know what? The guys must see TV. When he's on eighteen for eighteen, you're not tuning the channel.
0: No, uh, you know, no huge expectations <laughs> going into the next season. No expectations at all. He throws an incompletion. Oh, the streak's out.
1: <laughs> there are. Co- By the way, you know, like his, fir- his first pass, that's going to continue on. Like, yeah. it's going to be yeah. 19 for 19 to, until, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and BYU's completed 19 in a row, by the way. Great. Did he yeah. throw an incompletion against Utah in the game before, or did he have? Ooh, fantastic, fantastic. Get the stat department on it. There are Cougars on the course at the U.S. Open. We'll let you know where they stand coming up. And would you be in favor of Jaron Hall playing a Taysom Hill Saints-like positionless player for BYU football this season? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our stat department is one of the best in the country. There are dozens of students looking up numbers constantly for us. It's constant We're motion We're excited in to actually uh, acquire these students at some point and actually have this department. But anyway, we looked it up. There was a completed pass at the end of the Utah game plus the bowl game. So it's 19 in a row for Zachariah. The legend there. continues. Let's check out some of today's more compelling BYU Sports Nation headlines. Rich Sermonello, director of college football awards for the Maxwell Football Club, names James Empey as a potential breakout offensive lineman star for the 2019 season. Last year, Empey was a first-team freshman All-American, started all 13 games. Pro Football Focus named him the number one freshman center in the country.
1: Team USA men's volleyball up 2 0 over Argentina after winning the first two sets, winning set one 25 22, and then set number two 25 19. Team USA uh, is currently down 21 24 in the third set. Former Cougars Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, and Jake Langlois are all available to play. Ben Patch was USA's leading scorer in each of their last three VNL matches, with 24 versus Italy, 13 against Russia and 20 against
0: Portugal. And it looks like uh, updated a little bit. Uh, the U.S. did lose that set. So they're headed to 4. USA up 2-1. Cougars at the U.S. Open honorary Cougar Tony Finau 1-under today is 2-over through 4. Mike Weir Masters champ in the early 2000s he's 3-over for the tournament uh, even he's going to tee off later this afternoon and Zach Blair is 2-over today through 2. So good luck to those guys at Pebble Beach.
1: Former Cougars Colton Shaver and Jacob Brugman both went one for four with a double for their respective teams in the minors. Daniel Schneeman went two for three with a double. And a run scored in a four to two Lake County captain's win over the Great
0: Lakes Loons. Okay, let's play a little yes or no presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. It's simple. We make a statement, we decide whether it's yes or no. Uh, and then we explain ourselves. So first question, Jason, yes or no? BYU fans are ust- underestimating how good the Utah Utes are in game one. Yes, I, I think
1: they are. I mean, look, as much as I don't like to give Utah credit, they're a really good
0: football team. If there's... you worked for American Express and a Ute <laughs> fan applied, you wouldn't give them any credit. You wouldn't. Look, there's
1: a reason why some people have them as a top 10 team, top 15 team. Top 10's excessive. I've seen them at eight, yeah. but yeah. I'm just saying yes. But like, steel, steal. Yeah, but what I'm, my point is they're, they're in that position mm-hmm. for a reason. They're really good. And so, yeah, I think – now, does that change the fact that I still think BYU should win at home in the first game against Utah? No, I still think BYU should win that game.
0: I completely disagree with you that BYU should win the game. Now, we hope – BYU wins the game, right? Because the streak of eight, and it's the season opener, and all these reasons, BYU shouldn't win that game. They should. If you took the Utah name off, you wouldn't think they should win the game, right? If it, if Washington was ranked thirteenth and it's home and it's season over opener, do you feel like they should win the game? Game one at home, BYU
1: typically does very well in those situations. BYU actually stinks at home, but I mean, the last couple I mean, game, of years, game one, yes. The first game of the year, BYU at home, BYU I do believe. Lo- BYU lost, be the, to, sh-
0: lost to Cal last year in game one at home last year. BYU should still win 18. this game.
1: Yes, but the, the answer of the question yeah. is yes. We're I'm stuck all on the probably idea of- under, uh, underestimating just how good yeah. this Utah team I'm is. I'm stuck
0: on the should. Could? Absolutely. They, they absolutely could win. They should. I'm yes. I think that uh, I think the BYU fans are underestimating how good this Utah team is. That doesn't mean BYU can't win the game. I'm just saying, of all the Utah teams in the Pac-12 era going into the season, this is the one with the most hype. Yet, BYU is coming in perhaps undervalued in a way offensively. Great offensive line, sophomore quarterback on a roll, granted the shoulder surgery. Let's see how good he is. You bring in Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Supa, Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, all those Wide receivers, the best tight end duo BYU's had since Andrew George and Dennis Pitta. Maybe that offense is going to be better that put up 27 in Salt Lake. So there you go. All right. Number two,
1: do you want Jaron Hall to be the Taysom Hill uh, Saints type player for BYU?
0: Yes or no? No, I don't. He's the backup quarterback. I don't want him in a position to be injured should something happen to Zach Wilson. There's some wood here. Hold on. Yeah, okay, I had to knock on that. I don't want this. Yet, I know that Jeff Grimes has told us on this program that uh, he wants to try and get Jaron Hall involved. So I would understand that. But I want that guy ready on the sideline, healthy. And, and on the headset and ready to go. I don't want him thinking about running uh, routes or blocking or whatever. I want him ready to be the quarterback because he's one play away. Yes is the answer for me. I do want to see that
1: because I want to see Jaron Hall on the field in some capacity. He is too much of a weapon to not have him out there doing something. I, and, I, and I think that it, you brought it up. Jeff Grimes has already talked about finding a way to get him on the field. I love that. I love having an an option like that on the field that you know can do everything that a quarterback can do and then these other things.
0: I love the idea of it. you, you
1: You have to utilize that type of weapon on your roster.
0: You just risk a lot if both you, get hurt. You do. Because then you're throwing in Joe Critchlow, and Joe's a little older, and he's getting there and, and was 2-1 in his starts. But one of those losses was UMass at home, right? So it's, it's, you don't want to have to throw him into that category. And guess what? The Saints have Teddy Bridgewater. They have a former NFL starter sitting there. That's why they can put Taysom out in that situation. Number three, yes or no? Are you jealous that Jimmer Fredette's collegiate nemesis, Kawhi Leonard, is on top of the basketball world? Uh, yes, yes. I am jealous anytime something is not Jimmer.
1: It should be Jimmer. You're jealous a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look, it's, we all remember the Jimmer Fredette, Kawhi Leonard battles. And Jimmer won most. Of them. And Jimmer was the guy that prevailed. Yeah. And so to see the trajectory of their NBA careers go the complete opposite way, yeah, of course, you know, like that should have been Jimmer.
0: I'm not really jealous. Uh, To me, I I moved on a long time ago. From the, They're in the same sphere in terms of where they're at in their careers, right? right? Jimmer is on a different path, a path that has been successful, but not perhaps the original path that was thought of. That's life, by the way. You think you have one thing, and then God laughs at your plans, right? Um, Kawhi Leonard has been a fantastic NBA player, and uh, he's been this amazing uh, gunner. With the Raptors for perhaps the one year, but he changed an entire, uh, you know, destiny and fortune of a country related to that game. How many kids in Canada play basketball because of Vince Carter and how many more will yeah. play because of Kawhi Leonard? Pretty wild. And they took
1: They took a chance getting him and you get a championship out of it. If he leaves, you cannot complain at all.
0: Yeah. And here's a, you, you can hear him reacting right now. Uh, how excited he is to the NBA title. Yep, there it was. Exactly. <laughs> uh, number four. Yep, that's, yeah. that's the opposite. <laughs> Are you interested in the basketball tournament, yes or no? <sighs> not as much. No. Not, with Jim or Fredette not playing, no. I, I'll watch with Dave Rose and Tyler Haas and perhaps other guys. We'll see. But when Jim or Fredette was playing with Brandon Davies and Charles Bill, yeah. I was in. Well, the fact that, that
1: Tyler... Haas is playing in the game, that that means I'm gonna make me be interested. If it were just, you know, Dave Rose coaching and Jimmer as an assistant, but no BYU players playing, then then it, it probably isn't something that would draw my attention in in terms of like watching the games. But the fact that, that Tyler's playing, yeah, I'm sure. gonna watch.
0: Yeah, I'm not as interested, but slightly interested.
1: All right, number five. This BYU basketball video is fantastic. You are gonna wanna see this.
2: I told you I was going to steal your tickets. Can I get some season tickets?
0: (laughs) Yes or no, that video is awesome. It's Mark Pope dressed up as an elderly woman, a.k.a. his grandma, in reference to renew your season tickets by uh, June 14th. That's today. Yes, it's fantastic. Mark Pope dressed as a grandma. What is he? Larry Johnson in the 90s? (laughs) Grandmama? Mark Pope as grandmama? Those glasses are great. He probably got them from Greg Rebell, who wore those as a 12-year-old. In fact, in our studio, we have a picture of Greg with those glasses. Of course, it's a yes. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. That's all that needs to be said. (laughs) That is yes or no, presented by BYU Food to Go.
1: Coming up, when does team BYU Sports Nation play again in the World Cup? That would be the Netherlands. Make sure you get your jersey by Saturday.
0: It's the U.S. and then it's the Netherlands. Let's be clear. And what's the greatest sports moment you've shared with your dad? More of your responses coming up. This is BYU. Sports Nation.
2: This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us for a
1: two-hour BYU Sports Nation next Tuesday, June 18th, as part of BYU Media Day Tune in to BYU TV and BYU Radio from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is our question of the day, Father's Day, coming up on Sunday, of course. What's the greatest sports moment you've shared with your dad? Weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hiram Flake on Facebook. Uh, that's a sign of a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Hiram. My dad did his undergrad at BYU and masters at Boise State. When we went to the 2015 BYU-Boise State game, we found out he was wearing a Boise State jersey under his BYU sweatshirt. Whoever was up at any given time would be the gear he was wearing. <laughs> After Mangum Sale Mary, we grabbed his sweatshirt so he was stuck wearing the Bo- Boise State jersey and lumped him in with the losers. <laughs> <laughs> what a that's great your greatest story. moment? Is, Is <laughs> caught ratting out your dad? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, that's that's funny. My dad's funny that way too. Where. It was like, wait, you like Clemson now? I thought you liked North Carolina. <laughs> Clemson wins the title right. two of the last three years or whatever. It's like, he lives, I think, th- you know, three hours away from uh, from campus. But it's like, wait, what? I didn't see this before. Where, where was this? Where, where was this? All at? the that, that's great. That, that's like the videos after the um, the Viking Seahawks where Blair Walsh misses the twenty one uh, yard field goal like three or four years ago. Seahawks win in the uh, wild card round. And this kid's watching the game in a Vikings jersey, and he's like, "No!" And then he rips off the jersey to reveal Seahawks jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just covering your bases. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a good covering for your you. body. Yeah. Yes. At D Young 1993 on Twitter, my dad and I drove down to the Cotton Bowl and celebrated a win over Kansas State on his birthday. So your dad's birthday is on Happy birthday New to Year's him. Day. Yeah, um, I watched that game in in the Browns' basement in uh, in the Cleveland Portland, at Oregon. Yeah, the entire organization. One, they had a baby and it was sleeping, so we couldn't cheer fully, which was so hard not to be able to just let it out right when KO that catches baby that baby can
1: wake up for a moment like that. Yeah,
0: don't be a baby. Come on,
1: where did you, you watch that game? Uh, I watched it just uh, at home. At, at home, yeah, just watched it at home. I, I, I remember. I remember you were a young I,
0: adult at this time.
1: I, I was no, I was still uh, no. Yes, I was. Yes, I uh, was. A young I'm telling adult. you what happened in
0: your life. I'm so I'm so <laughs> old
1: that I forget how old I was. You're older in than me,
0: 1996. Not, <laughs> not a t- yeah, exactly. <laughs> at Tar Heel Man 19, I'm pretty sure he likes North Carolina on Twitter. My greatest sports memory with my dad would be the 2007 Las Vegas Bowl BYU versus UCLA when BYU won on a blocked field goal 17-16. That was the situation where BYU had lost to UCLA earlier that year yep. at the Rose Bowl. Um, and then in the Vegas Bowl, they rematch, which is weird. And uh, Kai Forbath is one of the great college football. You're thinking it's kickers. a foregone conclusion. because is losing the I game. want to say he's either still in the league or played a long time in the NFL. I think he's still there. And Ethan Manu Maleuna blocks right. that kick. Now, our director today, Scott Hill, was my boss at the time. Um, and, and I'm underneath the field goal post. And I'm anticipating the uh, Oh, the, you were there. Yeah. I'm anticipating the kick under the post. It gets blocked, so I go up and there ain't nothing to see. Let's just say I wasn't that good of a camera guy because back to Harleen in oh six the year before, Harleen throws the ball and I drop the lens and just watch it with my <laughs> naked eye. Let's just yeah, there's a reason I'm over here and not over there. By the way, uh, your boy
1: skilled people in this. Your position. boy Kai Forbath is a free agent. Oh, okay. He's currently so a he's, free agent, so he's, he's still looking looking for work, but he's available to kick for your team if possible.
0: Well, Seabass, yeah, retired. No, no, I th- we're we're good. Okay. I think I'm just saying he's available if yeah. you you know. Uh, I don't want a kick to get blocked in a. <laughs> crucial- <laughs> time continue to weigh in on Twitter Facebook and Instagram we'll see who gets the elite voice of the day
1: yeah coming up an update with BYU Volleyball and Team USA more on that coming up in the
0: Cougar Whipper. and center James Emby gets a national nod and Elijah Bryant is reportedly playing for which NBA team in the summer league we'll tell you in the Cougar Whiparound this is BYU Sports Nation Thanks to today's guest, Bill Bender, and we should mention Greg Rebell from Hawaii on Vacation. Absolutely. The show on demand
1: via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Oh, this is going to be three trips to Hawaii for Greg in like six months with basketball and football. Good for him. Rich Sermonello, director of college awards for the Maxwell Football Club, named James Impey as a potential breakout offensive lineman star for the 2019 season. Last year, Impey was named to the 2018 Football Writers Association of America Freshman All-America Team. Impey started all 13 games last season and was ranked as the number one freshman center by Pro Football Focus.
0: Volleyball. Former Cougars Taylor Sander and Ben Patch are playing with the United States right now in the Volleyball Nations League against Argentina. U.S. up 2-2, tied 12 in the fourth set.
1: Former BYU women's volleyball athletes Ronnie Jones-Perry and Alexa Gray will play each other in exhibition matches in the USA versus Canada women's friendly. Matches will be played tonight and tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern time in Southern California. That's awesome. That's cool.
0: Cougars in the PGA. An update from Pebble Beach in the U.S. Open. Honorary Coug, Tony Finau is one under today through five. Two over for the tournament. Tied for 71st. Mike Weir, even three over after round one. He'll tee off at 114 this afternoon. And Zach Blair is three over, thank you, through three. 15 over for the tournament. Not his best U.S. Open, but he's there better than you and I. Back to you. Cougars in the minors. Former Cougars Colton Shaver and Jacob Brugman
1: both went one for four with a double for their respective teams in the minor leagues. Daniel David Lee. There we go. Went two for three with a double and a run scored, ending with a 4-2 to
0: win for the Lake County Captains over the Great Lakes Loons. The Loons, they'll get you. Soccer. BYU Sports Nation's secondary World Cup team, the Netherlands, because we're American here. (laughs) <laughs> Are one and zero in the World Cup? They'll play Cameroon, home of your boy Pascal Siakam. That's right. Nine AM Eastern Time tomorrow.
1: Cougars overseas. And how about this? According to Sportando, Elijah Bryan will be playing for the Milwaukee Bucks summer league team. Bryant currently plays for Hypo Eliot in Israel, and averaged 17.5 points per game and six
0: rebounds in his rookie season. Very nice. That's exciting for Elijah getting an opportunity in the summer league. So he we'll and Giannis
1: just going to hang. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll be able to. We'll be able to watch those games too. Absolutely, it's exciting yeah. on, uh, on TV if not in person. Today's rise and shoutouts. Mine goes to Mark Pope for his tremendous creativity as Grandmama. He joked uh, a week or two ago. Hey, uh, my grandma going to steal your season tickets if you don't renew by June 14th. So BYU Basketball puts out a video where Mark Pope is dressed as a an elderly woman, a.k.a. his grandmother, uh, outside the ticket office. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, my rise and shout out is going to the NBA playoffs.
1: Even though, playoffs, m- even though my team got knocked out in the first
0: round, our team, I like the Jazz. Come
1: on. Yeah, you're a Blazer fan sometime and then a Jazz fan sometimes. Well, so.
0: neither actually win anything. It's all good.
1: Yeah. So my team was out early, but overall, the playoffs were really entertaining. And the NBA Finals were fascinating to watch. I just thoroughly enjoyed the last two months of postseason basketball. That's who gets my rise and shout-out.
0: Yeah, drafts in uh, a little under a week, six days away. Question of, the, I wonder who's going first. Mm. Uh, question of the day. What's the greatest sports moment you've shared with your dad? At 801 Salt Lake on Twitter. First memory of BYU football. My father sent me down with football and a pen, and I got Tied Atmer's autograph. Well, that's great. Wow, I signed <laughs> a football. I'm 35, and I'm still not allowed to touch that football. How about that? The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at Borge Tire on Twitter. Hard to pick one. My dad has taken me to almost all BYU home football games since I was old enough to enjoy them. But I'll never forget when he took me to see Jimmer Fredette beat Kawhi Leonard in the Marriott Center Uh, in 2011. Had to throw that one. It all comes back to Kawhi and Jimmer.
1: Conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget use the hashtag BYUSN.
0: Apologies to Dennis Pitta. No time for Jason and I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Neil Clay. We'll see you Monday for more BYU Sports Nation and renew your season tickets because Mark Pope's grandma is going to steal your tickets. Happy Go Father's Coops. Day, everybody!